Hi listeners, it's Carter, here to tell you about an incredible event celebrating the launch of ParCast's first book, Cults. On July 13th, crime junkies Ashley Flowers and ParCast founder Max Cutler are coming together for a night of true crime to remember. And you can be part of it virtually on Spotify Live or in person. The evening will take place in Los Angeles and feature discussions about the book, a live Q&A, and so much more. All ticket sales up to $125,000 will be matched by Max Cutler and donated to Season of Justice, a nonprofit founded by Ashley Flowers that provides financial resources to help solve cold cases and support families impacted by unsolved violent crimes. It's a wonderful cause and an evening perfect for any true crime fan. But time is running out. Register for your spot today at parcast.com slash cults. All attendees will receive a special signed copy of Parcast's new book, Cults. So don't wait. Sign up at parcast.com slash cults. Okay, Al, lately I've been thinking about a slightly different road trip to the usual ones that we take here on the podcast. Instead of going to bigger cities like LA or Nashville or New York, I want to see what the rest of our country has to offer, especially in those places that people don't really talk about. The creepy crawly corners. Mm, I know what you mean. The creepy crawly corners. I love things off the beaten path. There's this place in Flagstaff, Arizona called the Lava Tubes, which honestly... It's giving me fallopian tubes. That's the only other plural tubes I've ever heard of. And I'm sorry, it has a monopoly on the term. But they used to be part of a volcano. The volcano is inactive now. Obviously, you can visit them. The caves are completely dark and around 40 degrees Fahrenheit year round. So cool. So cool and also a bit cold. There's also a crypt just outside of Memphis, Tennessee, baby, that is completely lined top to bottom in crystals and recreations of moments from the Bible, like the nativity scene. It's open to the public, too. The mashup. Okay. The yesification of nativity. (laughs) (laughs) You know what would have been perfect for this road trip? Do you remember a few years ago when that mysterious shiny metal prism popped up in Utah? They called it the Utah Monolith. Oh, I do remember this. Do you know whatever happened to it? That's the crazy part, Lo. It appeared and then it disappeared. And then a bunch of other monoliths started popping up across the world. People know who took it down now, and we're pretty sure we know who put up all the other ones. But it's still a huge mystery. Who put up the original Utah Monolith? You know what? Let's take a trip right down to Utah right now and investigate the mystery of the Utah monolith. We're in the fake car. We're <laughs> on the fake trip. We're in my car. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> yes, sound effects necessary. Let's go. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loey, your friendly neighborhood true believer, the driver of today. Hey, y'all want any snacks? <laughs> and I am Eleanor, your licenseless passenger, <laughs> the dead weight on every road trip. Together, we are the gruesome twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might scare ourselves into staying up all night. One thing is for sure, and that is the fact that we have had you guys on this road trip for like 
like a year now, just strapped in the back yeah. seat. So sorry about that. Don't worry. The car is moving again. New sights to be seen. I know it's been New a Walmart parking lot for a minute, <laughs> but we move. We have been eating goldfish for like <laughs> seven months. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. If you at home do not know what a monolith is, much like I did not, it's basically a singular, like one shaped structure, especially one that's kind of like pillar-like. They're usually made out of stone or other materials. For a familiar monolith that you may have seen before, think like the Washington Monument. But back in November of 2020, there was a helicopter crew counting bighorn sheep for the Utah Department of Public Safety when they stumbled across something interesting. I love the Utah Department of Public Safety counting sheep. Like, why are the sheep a threat? Are they falling asleep? <laughs> a threat to public safety. I love it. They were like, we have to get a handle on all these sheep. I don't know why they have that accent. They're in Utah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they're flying over the desert when they notice a flash of metal looming up from the ground. So they fly down to investigate, and there it was. Deeply embedded in the red rock of the canyon floor, an enormous, smooth metal prism just standing there, as I guess a hunk of metal does. Just monolithing. Monolithing. This was weird. The canyon and therefore the monolith was remote and inaccessible without a helicopter. So in theory, you couldn't hike or drive there. The crew filmed their findings and posted the monolith to the internet where it went viral, this giant hunk of metal. They said they had no idea how long it could have been there. And then it didn't take long for Reddit to use Google Maps Earthview to figure out that the monolith wasn't new. It was installed in this area sometime between August of 2015 and August of 2016. So it had been sitting there for around four to five years entirely unfound. Then on November 27th of 2020, base jumper Andy Lewis and adventure guide Sylvan Christensen filmed themselves removing the monolith from the desert for environmental reasons, basically. They were like, this shouldn't stay here. Which makes sense, I guess, that they were just like, time to go. And then they like basically just got it out of there. But then the very day the Utah monolith disappeared, a new monolith appeared the same day. And this one was not in Utah. Mm. So on November 27th, Romanian newspapers reported finding another monolith near an archaeological site. 
Like the Utah monolith, the Romanian monolith was a vast triangular prism, 10 to 12 feet tall. But where the Utah monolith, it was just completely flat, Mm -hmm. just a reflective surface. This one had these looping lines. It sort of had a design and a welded seam near its base. So kind of the same, but kind of different. So four days after it arrived, the Romanian monolith also disappeared overnight. And its disappearance so far remains a mystery. Nobody knows where it ended up. And on the same day the Romanian monolith vanished, the same thing happened again. A new monolith appeared, this one in California, on the top of a mountain off a hiking path. I think it's fascinating that these keep appearing on the same day. I can't figure out how that happens because... As we'll see later, this is very clearly not the work of one person or seemingly not the work of one person. So I don't know if like these removals were highly publicized so the people who wanted to install new monoliths could plan for it. But this was like a seamless operation. Yeah. According to local newspapers, the California monolith is another triangular prism. It's what we're used to. It's 10 feet tall, 18 inches wide. It's around the same height as both the other monoliths, but a little narrower. Mm -hmm. And like the Utah monolith, it's completely smooth. Unlike the Utah monolith, this one is not securely inserted into the ground. You could just seemingly kind of push it over if you had enough strength. Okay. And that's exactly what happened on December 3rd of 2020. A group of young men live-streamed themselves destroying the monolith on the blockchain site DLive. The group chanted, America first, and Christ is king, as they rocked the monolith back and forth, screaming about how they didn't want illegal aliens from Mexico or outer space. Once they'd brought the monolith to the ground, they put up a wooden cross in its place and dragged the monolith down the mountain. On December 4th, the California monolith returned. On December 7th, a fourth monolith appeared in Albuquerque, New Mexico, this time in a random parking lot. And it was on the same day that it too was torn down. In videos circulating social media, a group of people can be seen bearing it to the ground. And witnesses say that before that, they were beating it with sledgehammers. Why is everyone so mad at the monoliths? Yeah, I'm really confused. Why do these monoliths inspire terror, violence? Like what is actually going on? I would maybe believe they have some freakish radio wave that's causing people to behave insanely as if humans really need that. I guess it's really conflicting whether or not it was the same monolith or if it was a new one entirely that was put here. There's not a lot of information about it. These structures are obviously pretty big. And as we'll see later, there was like documentation released of how they were made. And I have to assume that they couldn't make another one on the fly, Mm -hmm. but I could be entirely wrong. What I did notice while I was researching this is that in an article that I found from the New York Times, the mayor of this small California town was basically like, We are upset that these young men felt the need to drive five hours to come into our community and vandalize the monolith. The monolith was something unique and fun in an otherwise stressful time. These men had it out for that monolith. That's so weird. Yeah. That's really, really so bizarre. She's like, we have so little to live for. Please let us keep the space rock. Let us have it. It is 2020. Yes. Please. So we have all these monoliths. They're popping up everywhere. Yeah. And at a point, up until now, we've only had one monolith at a time, right? And it kind of makes the story more interesting because mm-hmm. it's like, is there an artist who has connections in California, but also Albuquerque, but also Romania? Like, could it be one guy? Is it a collective? What's going on? At this point, we start seeing multiple monoliths yeah. pop up at once. And it comes with the assumption that the monoliths are not all being created by one person right? The monolith craze has fully caught on. Like you said, it's 2020. 
we're all so bored. While this is happening, there's still a monolith up in California, the one we just talked about. I think there's also a monolith in Pennsylvania. So lots of monoliths, Mm -hmm. lots of artists capitalizing on it. The one in Albuquerque also existed at the same time as the one in California, Pennsylvania. We are in full monolith mode. They're everywhere. There's also a gingerbread monolith that pops up at Christmas. Like people love these things. They're kind of the same, I feel like across the country as remember when the horses were really big or like towns would have a bunch of horses or a bunch of cows and they would paint them around town. Like they'd have different artists paint them and it would unify the town. Wait, no, in Athens, Georgia, we have the bulldog. We have bulldogs all over. I thought we were so unique. I thought this was just a thing that we did in Athens, Georgia. (laughs) We have bulldogs and they're all painted by different artists. Yes, and the country for a minute had monoliths. Got it, got it. That was the horse, it was the cow, it was the bulldog. So essentially we have all these monoliths and they're all happening in a very short amount of time. Mm. And just like that, by late 2020, the monolith craze is dead. It is truly a victim of the internet. Since then, all the other monoliths were discovered to be art projects made as a tribute to the first one. People have taken credit for seemingly all of them, except the original monolith. That remains a mystery. It's been over two years now. We still have no idea who put the monolith there, but there are several theories and there's one that I heavily believe in. Up next, we'll be talking all about the different theories as to where the Utah monolith came from. Hi, listeners. It's Carter with some truly exciting news. To commemorate the launch of Colts, ParCast's first book, Crime Junkies Ashley Flowers and ParCast founder Max Cutler are coming together on July 13th for an in-person and virtual experience you do not want to miss. The evening will take place in Los Angeles and feature a live Q&A about the book, an exclusive meet and greet, and a discussion on all things true crime. All ticket sales up to $125,000 will be matched by Max Cutler and donated to Season of Justice, a nonprofit founded by Ashley that provides funding to law enforcement agencies and families to help solve cold cases. It's an amazing organization near and dear to both Ashley and Max, and another great reason to enjoy this wonderful night. And it's just days away, so visit parcast.com slash cults to register today. You can also catch the event virtually on Spotify Live if you are unable to join us in person. All attendees will get a signed copy of the book and a night they'll never forget. July 13th is fast approaching, so be sure to join Ashley Flowers and Max Cutler for a very special evening celebrating the release of ParCast's new book, Cults, all for an incredible cause. Register today at ParCast.com slash cults. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some... The gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. 
At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. There are a lot of theories as to where the Utah monolith came from. Some of them make a lot of sense. Some of them do not. I'm going to go ahead and tell you which one that I believe the most. Eleanor knows this about me, that my comfort piece of media is just watching the entire season, the first season exclusively of Westworld, uh, mm-hmm. all eight hours as if it's a very long movie. So... This Utah monolith site is actually pretty close to some of the 2015 shooting locations for the HBO show Westworld. And if you've ever seen Westworld, it's part like theme park set in a canyon and think very like rustic cowboy yeehaw central. But then a lot of it is super futuristic, very chrome covered and just looking very, very future-esque. So... People believe that the monolith could be a leftover prop from the shooting of Westworld or even a prank by the Westworld crew, who was kind of already in that area and was like, either forgot it, either it was left there by accident, which is a giant metal prism, you would think they would take (laughs) it, but either left there by accident or left as a prank. The other most popular theory outside of the Westworld prop one is that the monoliths are part of an anonymous art installation, and the Utah monolith was created by one original artist. But if that's the case, who is the artist and why have they not spoken up? A couple people have tried to speak up and Mm. sort of take credit as the originator of the monoliths. There's an art collective known as the Most Famous Artist who, to be completely honest with you, Collective might be generous. It kind of seems like it's one person who works with other people. But they're known for these really elaborate artistic pranks. Do you remember the Hollyweed sign in 2017? (gasps) Yes. They did that. They also had an art installation where you could take photos to make it look like you were at Fire Festival. So they're very familiar with Instagram famous art or like viral art. Now, obviously, the monoliths have inspired quite a reaction. So it kind of fits in what they do, but honestly seems way too subtle for them, Mm -hmm. to be completely honest. That said, they started selling monoliths on their site for the low, low price of $45,000. These monoliths sold out. They sold out. They did sell out. And when asked if he was the one who created the monoliths, the, I think his name is Maddie. He said, I didn't not create the monoliths, but I'm not saying I did create the monoliths. So he didn't create the monoliths, obviously, but he's he's just just fully capitalizing on this trend. But it worked. Shortly after he made this claim, another man named Travis Kenny and his group took credit for the California monolith. And they even posted pictures of them constructing the monolith on social media. Kind of hard to say who's in the right. I feel pretty confident saying it was not the most famous artist who created the original monolith, because if they were, I think they would come out and say, yes, we created this viral phenomenon. Of course. Why wouldn't they? They've done that with every other prank and art installation they've ever done. But I guess it's possible. There are other artists who the internet thought it could be. At least one of them died before the monolith was even placed in Utah, one of the potential artist suspects. But to this day, seemingly nobody really knows who actually installed the monolith. 
Okay, so we don't know the artist that put it there. So let me direct your attention to the true culprit, Eleanor. I know you're about to say something ridiculous. You know that it is aliens who put it there. So let's take a step back since this theory is related to the film 2001, A Space Odyssey. In that film, a similar monolith was discovered by a group of prehistoric apes. After they found the slab, the apes then began to develop the ability to utilize found objects like bones as tools and weapons. Later on in the movie, thousands of years into the future, another monolith is discovered on the moon by human astronauts. Here is what the film is ultimately saying. Alien civilizations are responsible for making monoliths that serve as beacons, and they may still be transmitting signals back to whoever created them while also being possibly responsible for fostering evolution throughout the entire universe. Proof, you ask? In 2016, the BBC released satellite images of a monolith on Mars's moon Phobos. And somehow that theory that's totally not true is also not the wildest theory. There's also one that the monolith is an unearthed ancient wireless telephone. Typical. Now, where does this theory classic come from, you might ask? behavior. Speaking of classic, it's Reddit, of course. This comes from Reddit. <laughs> User Alex72297, who said, quote, The first thing I thought was this is a tool that was used for wireless energy in the past possibly thousands of years, just possibly. There's theories that the Egyptians harnessed this energy and the technology was eventually destroyed. The next person to get close to this in recorded history was Nikola Tesla. But who knows if other civilizations harnessed this power before they fell or got overrun? Don't know what that has to do with the monolith. I think he just saw a shiny thing. <laughs> it was like, maybe... Well, I think that Alex72297, whoever they may be, is making some really valid points and probably <laughs> made that post just to vent about what they learned about the monolith. And also, they're probably really pretty and smart. Listen, <laughs> it's all fascinating, right? The monolith just like struck such confusion in people. They're popping up all over the place. It seems so obvious that it's an art installation. That's literally what one of the which comments it, on it the is. Red, yeah. Right? Like everything but potentially the first one, which could still be an art installation. Every other monolith yeah. was an art installation. I mean, that's what the biggest comment on this post said was it is simply an art installation, dude. Like, I don't think that there's much more to this. Mm -hmm. As much as I would love to believe that an alien truly unleashed this monolith onto Earth, I think that the Utah monolith, I really believe the Westworld prop thing. And mm. I think that that's because I watch Westworld. It might also be because I want to believe that because I love that show. And it's kind of funny to me that, you know, <laughs> just a prop would be left in the desert. But what do you think? Do you think that original one was an art installation? No, because wasn't it out there for a while before like anyone found years. it? Yeah, it seems like, I mean, that would be a weird thing to put a lot yeah. of time into. It would also be difficult to, it seems like it was quite the operation to get it out. So unless somebody was mm -hmm. already there, it seems like it would be quite the operation to get the monolith into that location. A lot yeah. for an artist to do for nobody to see it for like, years. It's kind of silly. Big, big commitment for yeah. an art piece with no audience. Like, wouldn't whatsoever. you start with the parking lot? You know what I mean? Yeah. But... I think, you know, honestly, the Westworld theory kind of makes sense. I think so, too. It genuinely seems to be the most uh, reasonable. I also have to believe that if Westworld is filming out there, that has to be a somewhat used filming location. Mm -hmm. Like, most 
places where people film large chunks of media, they have to get some sort of clearance for it anyway. So I have to assume more things were potentially filmed in that area. Either way, it looks like a futuristic prop. It mm -hmm. probably is a futuristic prop. But it's interesting how it almost like inspired this group of artists to come together and just start popping these suckers up all over the world. I'm still extremely confused yeah. on how different artists would know when the monoliths were going to disappear. Do you think it was just a massive group text? Like a giant collective? No, because they seem too different, right? Yeah, like they're the, like different shapes even. Yeah, the original monolith was similar to mm -hmm. the monolith that popped up after Romania, but didn't have a base. It wasn't put in the ground. It was narrower. There was no consistency yeah. between the monoliths. But for a while before they all started popping up, there was a lot of consistency in how seamless the timing was. And I think mm -hmm. that's what really captured people. The original monolith was interesting, but the fact that when one disappeared, another would pop up, that's fascinating. And that seemingly still has not been explained. We definitely don't know where the original Utah monolith herself is today, perhaps back with HBO, allegedly. But I think that the entire craze around the monolith is so fascinating to consider. This was November of 2020, the height of COVID. Things looked grim. We were all really bored and really scared. And this was an incredible distraction from how bizarre the world was in reality. Whether it's an art project, aliens, or something else, wireless telephones for aliens. I guess it's really just an art project or aliens, huh? That's it. Just art project or aliens. It's still random and cool and fascinating and came out of nowhere. Even now, it's still kind of cool because the mystery around it is still so unsolved. What do you guys think about the monolith? Do you think it was alien activity or do you think this was a situation of HBO accidentally forgetting a prop in quotations? Let us know all over social media by using hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loey and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we've loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast slash management and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kiven. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, aka The Gruesome Twosome. Hi, it's Carter, here to remind you that a very special evening with crime junkies Ashley Flowers and ParCast founder Max Cutler is just days away. It's an event celebrating the release of ParCast's first book, Colts, and you can be a part of it virtually on Spotify Live or in person. The evening will take place in Los Angeles on July 13th and feature discussions about the book, a live Q&A, and more. 
Plus, all ticket sales up to $125,000 will be matched by Max Cutler and donated to Season of Justice, a nonprofit founded by Ashley Flowers that provides financial resources to help solve cold cases and support families impacted by unsolved violent crimes. This has all the makings of being the true crime event of the year, so don't miss out. Register for your spot today at parcast.com slash cults. All attendees will receive a special signed copy of Parcast's new book, Cults. That's parcast.com slash cults to sign up today.